Hello and welcome to the podcast for Christ Community Church in Oak Ridge, Tennessee. This is a message from Sunday morning, April 16th, 2023, in which we heard from three speakers. One was Stephen Gooch, aka Potts. One was Christy Schulman and Thomas Cox. All three speakers were answering and responding to this question or topic. Jesus is risen from the dead. He's ascended into heaven. Hebrews says that he is your actual high priest living to help you. What difference has it made? What is a specific thing about your life that is actually different because Jesus is your living high priest who is with you and helps you? All right, here are Stephen Gooch, Christy Schulman, and Thomas Cox. Thank you, guys. Thanks for not throwing this away. Uh, appreciate that. Um, I need to throw four people under the bus before I start. If you're a Yankee from Michigan, will you raise your hand, please? <laughs> um, Deb, Sandy, and Kevin, and Bob, they are four friends that have helped me through life. and. I like to say they're sweeter than sugar, and sugar wouldn't melt in their mouth. Oh, glad you guys are here. Um, I want to talk about, if I can see it, I want to talk about what Jesus encouraged me to do as a young man all the way up to now. And that is, he said to me, I want you to care. Um, when I was in high school, I was a golem. I wanted everything now, my way, and I wanted authority and recognition. And then I asked Jesus to come into my heart. And slowly, there was this turning, tenderly telling me, no, I want you to look outside of yourself. And so the old selfish self began to go away. Um, I changed the way I thought and the, the way I did things. And it was the Holy Spirit that continually whispered to me, I want you to care. And Jesus paid for my sin and I will always be forgiven and he will always be with me. As my, as my high priest, that is what he wants me to do. He might ask something different of you all, but that's what he asks me to do. Okay, so what do I mean by that? Most of you think, well, that means take care of others. It does, for the most part. But really, I have four things that I want to talk about that are big to me, and I hope that one of them hits you in some way. Um, first, Jesus said, I want you to care about my blood. He cared for me first, and no matter how far I fall, he will always be there. If you, and I'm really talking about me, are ever in the cave of condemnation and you are beating yourself up 
and Satan is right along beside of you to help you beat yourself up. You have the authority through the blood of Jesus to say, I am forgiven and be gone. Don't take it for granted that Jesus, that you are precious to Jesus. I want you to care about my blood. Next thing is obedience. I want you to care about obedience to me. When you're in the middle of your day and he's whispering to you directions in which you should go, don't blow him off. What you need to say is, yes, sir. And you need to get good at it as well so that it will become a part of your life. Uh, one of my heroes in the Bible is Stephen um, in Acts chapter 7. And Christ had asked him to go before the Sanhedrin. And when he got there, all he was supposed to do is testify about Jesus. And he got through, and they hated him so much. They walked him outside and started to stone him. The thing that I love about that is that as the, the stones were hitting his body, striking his head and face, he looked to heaven, and Jesus stood up to honor him and to love him. And the reason and the ability that Stephen had to do so was because he had been obedient to him all along the way. Next thing is, I want you to care about repentance. Saying that you're sorry and not really meaning it may be the most hurtful thing that can happen to you. Um, and parents know this well. You guys know your kids. And when your kids say they're sorry and they're not really, it doesn't feel good. I know. But it's just as a warning in love, I say, when you do that, it's very dangerous because your heart becomes cold and hard and brittle. Care that you have sinned against Jesus. He's made a way for you to be restored and say you're sorry like your life depended on it. I want you to care about your repentance. Um, forgiveness. I want you to care about forgiveness. Now, we, um, there's one thing settled about forgiveness. And it's always there, and that is Jesus from heaven forgives us individually. What I would like for you to do is to forgive in two ways. One, that you get good at forgiving other people, but I know it is equally as important to be able to forgive yourself. There will be a time in your life where you will be crushed and you will need to be able to forgive somebody. But there will be times you can't do it. The wall is much too high for me to get over and forgive them. 
But there is a fountain that runs from the vein of Jesus that gives you the ability to forgive people. Um, Secondly, everything that I just said, I would like for you to apply to yourself. Because sometimes Satan runs this game on us a little bit at a time for years and years. And we don't have the ability to forgive ourselves. But you have to be able to, to do that. And when you sin and do something deep and devastating to your own life, ask Jesus to forgive you and then forgive yourself because if you don't, it'll destroy you. And then you can't forgive others. Care in your forgiveness. Lastly, care about your quiet time. And since uh, Brad threw Sue Hartman under the bus, I'm going to join in. Before you have the noise of this day, and before you have Satan bombarding you with all of his with all of his trash, what I'd like for you to do is think about having your own quiet time in your own way. But a good way is like Sue. She has her three J's, Jesus, Java, and journal. And so what she does is she gets in her chair. I can see her right now. She gets in her chair. She puts her feet up, and she has her coffee beside you. And her feet never stop. They move all the time. And if you ever get the chance to watch a movie with her, they never stop. (laughs) And I figured out, I think I know what it is. I think she's back as a teenage pigtailed girl about ready to spend her time with her real lover, Jesus Christ. Um, When she or you have your quiet time, you need to listen for what he wants from you. Does he want you to serve today? Or does he want you just to be in his mercy? Both of them are great. One is for the the contemporary present time and one is for the future. Because if you just learn how to be in Christ Jesus, you'll be a happier, more secure warrior in the end. In closing, care about what Jesus asks you to care about. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this morning. I'm specifically glad to hear this young woman that's about ready to come up because her heart is true. I pray over everyone in here who has giants that they can't get rid of. Help them to trust in you so that you can do the job that they cannot. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Everybody, Christy Shulman. Good morning, precious people.
Did y'all hear Potsy call you precious? He was right about that. I bet you woke up today thinking, I'm precious. Probably not, right? <laughs> you probably did not think that, but guess what you are? It doesn't change how you felt, okay, but you are. And you know who says that? Not just Potsy, not just me, but that Jesus he was talking about, okay? So you know how he was talking about forgiving yourself and caring about these things? Do it. Don't waste your time. Care about these things because, listen to me, Jesus was precious. He is precious. He always will be, and he calls you that too, okay? So don't waste your time. Look at yourself. Look at your neighbor right now. Right now, look at your neighbor. Y'all are neighbors. Yes. Say, you are precious. I'll be your neighbor since you don't. You're precious. See? See there? You're precious. See? There you go. You are precious. Now, listen, when Lee said, hey, do you want to talk to the people? I said, of course. Because God has been so good to me. You know, I don't want to waste any opportunity I have to tell you how good he's been to me. But he said, we're doing the thing about answering questions. And I was like, well, kind of depends on what the question is. And then he said, better put my timer on. I told him I was going to use a timer. There we go. Then he said, um, does it make a difference? What difference does it make that Jesus is your high priest? Okay, where's Cheryl at? You got to say, well, okay, well, I can answer that question. And I know you can too if you know Jesus at all. You can answer that question. It's every difference. Why am I up here? Why am I breathing? Why do I have air in my lungs? It's because of him. Same is true for you. Why can I get up here and talk to people who I know have harder journeys than I've had? Okay, some of y'all had to kick your own butts to get here today. And you did it. You made the choice. You came up here because you know what you need? You need hope. You need life. You need joy. You need God to say, I love you. And that's why you come here, because that's what you hear from up here. Because people who are up here know it. He's loved them. He's loved them their whole life long. And so when Lee said that, the first thing that came to my mind was, that song by Cece Winans, well, she's kind of made it famous, I don't think she wrote it, but the, um, the all my life you have been faithful, all my life you have been so, so good, with every breath that I am able, oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. Towards the end, there's a tag where she says, oh, I have lived in the goodness of God, and that's me. I'm going to take you back to 1987. We'll go to East Maiden Lane which is where I lived. Um, we had a bee house. My dad built the front porch. I used to get in trouble for trying to like put my feet through the rails and hang backwards, but who cares? I had fun. So he built the front porch and my stepdad built the back. Let me tell y'all, this is a country song waiting to happen right there. You're right, right? Daddy built the front porch. New daddy built the back. I do believe our family tree had suffered a big crack. Whew. Let me tell you, it did, okay? 1987. I can still picture myself in that house. It had not been redone. It still had the, um, the original, like, asbestos siding, you know? No central heat and air. The windows were, like, push out. Um, I loved that house, though. But I can tell you, I was by the bathroom when they told me that they were getting divorced, my parents. I knew this was coming. I knew it was coming. And it was a good thing. Okay? It needed to happen. But I knew I was in for some hellacious times. Have you ever had a time like that in your life when you're like, oh, I'm trying not to use cuss words, shoot, um, bad stuff is coming down the road. And you know it, and you can see it, you know? And I could see it then. But praise God, I had been to church, and 
it was a place where people knew my mom, they knew my grandma, and so I was Pauline's granddaughter, I was Mary's daughter, and that made me feel so loved, accepted, like, I, I know her, I know that girl, I know who she is, she's a cabin, and um, I had heard lots and lots about this Savior who loved me, and I knew, I said, I've got to get that, and I've got to get it right now, because this stuff is about to get hard. And praise God, I came to know him then, and y'all, I wouldn't have made it through those years without him. Amen. I'm very glad my parents got divorced. It needed to happen. But it was hard, and it's still hard. And there are days like when my grandma passed away, I still had to negotiate that silliness that was there. And that was the hard stuff, was the, was the back and forth thing. But he got me through it, and there is no way I'd be here with you today if he didn't. Or I'd be a completely different person because it was very hard and making me not happy. <laughs> but he got me through that and he helped me and there's no way I'd be here if he didn't. I got myself into some trouble too. Um, long about the time I was 20 or so, for the first time in my life I had time to have space in my head. I was busy all my growing up years with my little siblings with my stepdad who was in a bike gang. There's you another country song. Um, they're not cool, BT Dub, bike gangs are not cool. Um, that was a stressful time too. He's, he's out now, praise the Lord. He's, he's got like the bikers who love Jesus stuff on now. And you know, it's cheesy, we do make fun of him, but it's much better than the alternative. <laughs> God has been good to him and he's nice now, so all good. But anyway, it was stressful. And so all these demons were rattling around in my head and I had time to think about these things. That ever happened to you guys? In the quiet, that's where he gets you. Satan tries to remind you of all the bad things, okay? But there's a louder voice. It can be soft sometimes too, but it's a persistent voice. It's your high priest who goes before you, right? I had forgotten this little bit of truth right here. This is from Hebrews 4, if y'all want to let your fingers do the walking and get over to Hebrews 4. This is Hebrews 4:14. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Isn't that a good word? You, every single one of you who has trusted the Lord Jesus, and if you haven't, you can do it this very minute. The moment you do, from that point and forever, you can approach the throne of grace with freedom and confidence and get help. You can get mercy. You can get grace. And I know you need those things because I need them. I know you need them. Now, um, my friend Manny has a picture to share with you. This is my son James. That's a happy picture of him. Um, a lot of the times he is happy like that, but a lot of the times he's not. He is, and there's 87 million ways that people argue about how to say this, he is autistic. He's on the autism spectrum. He has autism spectrum disorder. You pick it, he has autism spectrum disorder, which is a neurological disorder. You probably know somebody who has that. If you know James, you do. And there's other people around this place who have experience with that. And the thing about autism is 
Nobody knows anything about it. <laughs> no doctors know how to help you. The only people who know are parents, therapists, and teachers. And God bless therapists and teachers. Let me tell you something. They are lifesavers. They're smart. They're good. And they know how to help people on the spectrum. I don't know how to help people on the spectrum. But this little person here <laughs> challenges me all the time, every day, in every way. He's nonverbal. So I don't know a lot about what he thinks or feels, except sometimes he's real good at letting me know when he's upset about something. Um, <laughs> he has sleep problems. Today he was up at 2.40. Yesterday it was 12.59. The day before that it was, uh, I don't remember. But anyway, it hasn't been later than 4.45 in a week. And so sleep deprivation is a suck fest, I'm just going to say. It's awful. It makes you cranky. It um, depletes you. It's stinky. Y'all know about this. It, you don't have to have a kid who doesn't sleep. You, you may have things in your mind that keep you up. That person at work you don't want to face tomorrow. That parent you don't want to respond to in an email. Your own self driving you to the point of saying, what? Wait, wait where is God? Okay, this one does that to me all the time. Matter of fact, last night on the way to bed, Neil and I were walking down the hallway and I said, I smell poop. I smell poop. And he had pooped, but he had been asleep and you're not going to wake him up to clean him. Okay, because if you do, he's going to be screaming. He's not going to understand what's going on. You're not going to get him back to bed. So what do you do? You have to leave your kid in the poop until he wakes up. And um, a lot of times I would be like very mad. <laughs> about that and say, where are you, God? I know you can control his bowels. Why didn't you stop him from doing that? Why is he in there asleep with poop all over him and I can't clean him up? Okay, but we're all figuratively with poop that we can't clean up, aren't we? Yep, I've got it. I know you've got it, but the good news is anytime you want to, you can have help. You can have mercy. You can have grace. It's yours. My friend Kathy Jenkins likes to exhort people, ladies from Bible study, what does she tell you to do? Remember God, right? And that doesn't just mean like, oh, I forgot. Now I remember. No. Remember his character, right? Not what she tells you. Remember what you know about him. Who is he? What is he like? When has he helped you in your life? And let me tell you, he was helping me before 1987. He's helping me today, and he will always help me. And I hope, like Potsy said, as we grow, he's going to challenge us. You won't stop being challenged while you're here, okay? In glory, yeah, but while you're here. But he is the help you need. So don't wait. Run to that throne. You've got the freedom to approach it anytime you want. Don't waste your time. Run there. Get there. If you can't do it, grab your friend. I'll volunteer Brad. If you can't do it, say, Brad will help me. Brad will come and help you get to that throne, okay? Don't waste your time. Get that grace you need. Get that help you need and say, come help me. You can do it anytime. Oh, there's my timer. Um, <laughs> I forgot it would actually make a sound. Sorry about that. Um, but be encouraged. There is hope. There is help anytime you want it, anytime you need it. So get it. Get that hope, okay? I'm going to pray, and then our friends are going to come sing. Lord, thank you for this time. Thank you that you care about us, that you care about repentance and forgiveness and the sacrifice you made. 
Thank you for being our high priest who's made a way where we can ask you for the things we need. You're the only way. You've got it all. You have everything we need. Give us the courage to ask for it. And would you be with us now as we sing praise to you, Lord? We want to thank you. We want to tell you that we love you. And we thank you for being with us today. We love you, Lord. Amen. If you can, would you stand with us? Yes. Have you all heard some good preaching this morning? A warm welcome for our friend Thomas Cox. There's a, when I get asked to do this, there's a part of me that winces because you just know whatever question you get, the Lord's going to make sure you really believe your answer in the week leading up to it. You, you feel me on that one? Oh, yeah. yeah. So I got that text and I was like, oh gosh, I'm going to get, I'm, we're going to find out if I believe what I have to say. I, I think I'm going to. Um, have you all ever been, these papers will not stay. If they fall, they fall. Who cares? Uh, have you all ever been in a situation where you, um, when you get to the other side of it, you realize how crummy something was? Like when you actually get to get a good thing? You know what I'm talking about? Like, okay, so uh, last year, Maddie inherited a brand new car. And it's like, it has all the bells and whistles, everything like a spaceship should have. It has it, like, if it's cold, my butt gets warm. If it's hot, my butt gets cool. Like, it's like, this is amazing. Like, I love everything about it. And then after driving it, which is so fun to drive, I got back in my really old truck. And I was like, why is my butt not cold? Like, why is this thing? Like, uh, like, when you ride in my truck, you realize you hear everything but the people inside the car with you. Like, it's so loud. And you feel every bump and every line on the road. Um, okay, I got another one. Uh, have you ever not realize something was weighing you down or was super heavy or painful until it was gone? Anybody? Yeah. yeah. Um, Potsy is a superhero, just straight up. He has so many superpowers. He's a legend. One of my favorites is that if you have like a knot in your back, <laughs> he, he is so good at getting it out. Like super, he is so good at it. Um, like sometimes I'll drive up here and if I see his car, I'm just like, yes, my neck hurts. Like. <laughs> I'm gonna go to Potsy's office, and it's like if if you go to Lee and Christie's house, their dog will like just grab your arm with her paw, and I just have to do that to Potsy sometimes. I'm like, hey, here, right here. Um, but every time I go to him to get like a knot worked out of my back, he finds like four more, and then he is just like pounding and like punching and grinding, and then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I didn't know all those were there, but now I can breathe and laugh again because you hurt me really bad. He always has to hurt you. A little bit, uh, he has to hurt you a little bit before it feels better. And that's kind of what I was looking for when I was thinking of this. What was the thing that I didn't realize was so heavy and so painful until I got help with it? What was the thing I didn't realize was so crummy or so terrible until I realized there was an awesome thing on the other side of it? That's what I was looking for when I got that text about uh, what to talk about. Um, and then the nose rubbing started. Then the Lord started saying, Are you gonna, I'm going to make sure that you believe what what you're about to talk about. Um, a week and a half, two weeks ago, we were sitting in a Young Life Club, uh, like pre-club meeting, where Maddie will get us together and we'll talk about something as a team, all the Young Life leaders. And it was me, Lee, Rob, and Maddie. And Maddie asked us this really cool question from Hebrews chapter 12. And this was right leading up to Easter. And the, she, she read this and said, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame. 
For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame. I was sitting in that meeting. I, I, the question she asked was amazing. But once she said those words, I was like, oh, man, that's the thing. That right there. For the joy set before him. Um, I have always struggled with that. Not because I don't believe it. I totally believe it. But I've always struggled with the fact that somehow, in the middle of the Lord's uh, pain and suffering and hardship and embarrassment and all the things he had to go through, there was some joy in there about the fact that he had to do that for me. I've always had a hard time wrapping my brain around that. Um, I could point you to a ton of scriptures that talks about how the Lord loves me, how he cares about me, what he thinks about me. Luke 15, Psalm 139, Romans 5. Like I could, I could say, this is where it says this. This is where I could prove to you, this is how he feels about me. I've always had a hard time just grabbing it and believing it and saying, I know, I know, I know he likes me. I know he thinks I'm awesome because I'm an expert. I don't know if anybody's going to feel this way when I say this. I am an expert at giving everyone else in my life a lot of volume. Anybody feel that? I'm really good at turning the volume up on the opinions and the thoughts, the perceived opinions and perceived thoughts that I may think some other people think about me, that I may think the world has to say about me. I am an expert at turning the volume up on that, which I think by the nature of it naturally turns the volume down on Jesus. When I crank the volume up on other people, I, I lose sight of how he feels about me. I lose sight of what he may say about a thing. Um, and so when I was thinking about this question, I realized uh, since I have a high priest who lives and can help me, I have learned that I get to say, does that opinion matter? Does it matter? Should I give it any stock? Should I add anything to it? Should I listen to it? Um, there's a reason why I say it that way. Uh, I, sometimes in high school group, I'll have everybody stack hands and say, Thomas is not saying this. Because I don't want them to go home and say, hey, you never have to do homework again. But I may be saying something like that, you know? Like, but I'm not saying this. <laughs> you know you can't drop out of school and <laughs> live in the backyard. Uh, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that nobody's opinion at all ever matters. Okay? I'm not saying that. Uh, just to let you in on a little secret. I wear deodorant for y'all. <laughs> I don't care what I smell like at all. I don't. I would be a nature boy who lived in the woods. My wife knows that. Like, I, I just don't care. But I care what y'all think if I smell good. But truthfully speaking, there are some people who I really love and I really trust. And I really care what they have to say about things. And I think that's really important for everybody. There's some people who, over time, have earned my trust and my respect who have wisdom, who are smart, who have walked a lot of life with me, who I really want input from. I don't know if y'all feel that way or not. Um, and sometimes I just straight up ask them, hey, how do you feel about this? Is this a good idea? Do you like the shirt I'm wearing? Like, sometimes I will ask those things. Hey, how do, you, how do you feel about this? And then they'll give me a response. Sometimes I won't ask. I don't know if y'all have ever felt that. Somebody just feels like, I'm going to tell you what I feel about this. Uh, and that's where I feel like the Lord has stepped in and said, you get to ask the question, does this opinion matter? Does it carry any weight? Should you listen to it? Sometimes the answer to that is a resounding yes. And then I got to do something about it. I got to figure out what I'm going to do with somebody's feelings and opinions about me, about whatever situation is. And sometimes the Lord is like, hey, that's actually right. You need to listen to that. And sometimes he says, nope, that's not it. 
What I've learned in my life is he has an opinion about a lot of things, about me, about what I do, about what I feel, about what I see, about what I act like, about the way I speak. I was trying to think of things that I could insert there and say, like, here's a situation where someone else's opinion has affected the outcome of whatever I've done, and I only have 10 minutes. Like, there's, <laughs> there's too many of them to count. But I've realized in my life, he really does have an opinion about things. He really cares. Um, I talked about how I'm a straight up expert about turning the volume up on people. And one more thing before I, I, I quit this, but I, the Lord has taught me, there are times you're gonna have to learn how to turn the volume down on people. There are times you're gonna have to learn how to turn the volume down on the world around you. About people's thoughts, about the, the, the views and the opinions of the world. Um, because actually, Thomas, I have an opinion. I have thoughts. I have things that matter in this situation. And all that stuff around you may not. For me, that's been different seasons of different things. That's been uh, different times of, I don't know, dropping out of social media or cutting people out of my life or asking less thoughts and opinions of people, whatever. And look, I'm talking about myself. My hope is that as I'm speaking, somebody out there is like, hi, it's me, hi. Uh, and maybe you, can, maybe you can hear what I'm saying there. But there's times when he said, hey, it's time to turn the volume down on everything else. And you gotta figure out what that's like. Um, we live in a world where a lot of things are competing for us, for our hearts, for what we care about, what we see, what we think about ourselves. The world tells us all kinds of things because we have an enemy who wants us to feel differently than what the Lord feels. No, I need to say it again. We have an enemy who wants us to feel different than what the Lord feels. He loves that. He likes that. And he's really good at doing that in my life. And I've had to learn through the help of the Lord. Hey, sometimes you got to turn the volume down. Sometimes I have something that means more than what everyone else is saying, a.k.a. all the time. Um, as followers of Jesus, we have a relationship with the living God. And for the joy set before him, he endured the cross because he loved me. He cared about you. He cares about us and he loves us. And he may, just may, have an opinion about what we feel about things. Um, and it may be time that we ask the question. I know it is for me. Do I need to give any volume to this opinion? Do I need to give any thought to it? Because he does have opinions and he does have thoughts. Um, hey, today we are going to take communion. Um, and I've always wanted to do this. I've never gotten to do this. This is cool. Uh, I've always wanted to say this thing. We, we at Triple C, it doesn't matter if you're a member here because we don't really have that. But what we do ask is that you would know in your heart that you have a relationship and that you believe in Jesus Christ. Um, and maybe in the past like seven minutes and 45 seconds that I've been speaking, maybe it's felt like a knot's been pushed on your back. Maybe you've, you've realized, wait, I didn't realize this was something I was struggling with. And maybe, maybe just maybe, you are looking for some help with that. And it's as simple as going to him and saying, hey, I believe this about you and I need you. Won't you come? I am a child of the maker of stars, of the one who knows everything and made my heart and he cherishes, treasures me.
just a mess Only failures and struggles, no sign of success But Jesus is for me, He sees me so differently Loves me, accepts me, I'm choosing to Life and blood He is my friend